0: in Memphis, Tennessee, and our guest slash co-host tonight, uh, David Walker of the Rebel Walk. We'll talk some, um, uh, we'll obviously talk about the National Championship game. Uh, We're going to discuss a little bit of Jim Harbaugh.
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, Had a great holiday. Topped it off with a uh, victory party, per se, for my Georgia Bulldogs against my favorite childhood team where I was actually born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, really, my heartstrings were divided inside my body. I was riding or dying with dogs. So, I had a good Happy New Year. Wayne,
0: what about you?
2: Well, you know, we're coming off of two uh, conference wins, the uh, University of Memphis Tigers. Uh, so that's a good thing. And uh, we'll see if we can get some players healthy and uh, keep going from there.
3: Well, uh, my Christmas Eve birthday, let's see, I turned 66 this year. Happy birthday to me. And uh, then uh, had a great Christmas here and and had to miss the uh, Sugar Bowl because I was staying home with uh, my 91-year-old dog who uh, we decided we did not want to put uh, into, into boarding. And uh, so, so didn't get to go to New Orleans. My home state, of Louisiana. Uh, but Ole Miss Evie did, of course. Uh, enjoyed that till right up until the point where we lost our quarterback to an injured ankle. Uh, but other than that, it was a great holiday. I
0: said I had a great holiday guys. I just got home from Minneapolis. I did the NA3HL showcase and the NAPHL showcase um, uh, right two days right before Christmas and next week I'll be doing another showcase in the Detroit area. Um, Christmas was great obviously. We got Joshua home um, and everybody was in town so it was a, a a good Christmas and a and a good new year. And it was glad to have all the family together for a change. All right, let's get into our show. Um, I'm going to lead it off, and I, this is I, you guys didn't. This wasn't on the rundown. so it's part of my surprise for you. It happened today. Um, you, you, there was a reporter, uh, AP reporter from the Chicago area, who basically said that you know what, I'm not voting for Aaron Rodgers as MVP. He's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. He didn't get vaccinated. He lied. So we're just we're just going to exclude him from the MVP race. And I, I don't know if you guys had a chance to catch it, um, but Aaron Rodgers' response was just poetic. He just said, I don't know this guy. I've never had lunch with him before. He's never hung out with me, never had an interview with him, never even spoke to him in my life. But he said, I guess we'll just call the MVP vaccinated, the NFL MVP vaccinated trophy instead this year. And you guys can give it to whoever you want to. I thought his response was pretty good. Uh, JJ, we'll go around the table. You, you, I, or no, actually, David, you're the guest. We'll go around the table. We'll start with you every time, then JJ, then Wayne. Uh, David, your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm sure you could care less if you're playing football with your is vaccinated or not, as long as they're winning games and everybody's healthy.
3: You know, I mean, it's been a little bit of a. Controversy this year, because I think that he said that he was protected or whatever the. The, the words that he used, uh, when he was asked if he was immunized. <laughs> and I don't think that you can. You can actually hold that against uh, a player, you know, I mean, that's his own personal choice. And, and uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, um, uh, he was on with Eli and, uh, and Peyton the other night for the Monday night football game. And I really enjoyed what he had to say. And uh, just loose as he could be. And, uh, I mean, Green Bay, I mean, look at the season that they've had. And uh, they were, um, you know, had all the controversy going on before the season started about who was drafted, win, and all this, and coming in and so forth, and whether he was coming, to even coming back to the package. And, uh, of course, this was the night that Ben Roethlisberger was playing his last game in Pittsburgh and uh, had a lot of really nice things to say about Ben. of course, this was Ben's 18th year, and I think uh uh Aaron, I think, is coming up, what is this, this 17th or something like that? So, I mean, it's just crazy for one quarterback or one player to be in the same place, you know, like it's the 1960s or 70s again, you know, before free agency and before all this stuff happened. So, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Aaron Rodgers, really do. And, uh, you know, he's had an MVP year, and I don't think anything, uh, you know, off the field should uh, enter into the decision that people are making.
0: J.J., the most vaccinated player award. Will you give it to Aaron (laughs) Rodgers? Yeah, you know, uh,
1: Keyshawn Johnson went on SportsCenter and did a quick hit earlier on uh, Wednesday evening. And he basically was asked the same question. And and his first answer was just to each his own. Remember, folks, we're all Americans in this. Uh, Whether you're on this side or that side, Hey, just remember people have varying opinions and they have their reasons why they do or don't take the vaccine. That shouldn't apply to football. If you're balling and you're leading the league in touchdown and all the correct passing categories and you're an MVP candidate, yeah, it shouldn't matter. But if you want to do this this year, you really should change it to MVP, VP, most valuable player, vaccinated player. Because that's (laughs) That seems like what it's doing here, because it's not fair to Aaron Rodgers to be judged like this. In his defense, he said he was immunized. Immunized? i got to believe him. I mean, if he had it before and he had the antibodies, uh, again, teach his own. This doesn't matter about the vaccine. It matters about football. That ball right over my shoulder there with the laces on it. We call it a pick skin. He's throwing it pretty good. His team's in a really great position to win a Super Bowl. That's what it's about. Aaron Rodgers is your MVP, VP, or UVP, unvaccinated. Or M- MVP.
0: E-P. Wayne, all right, tell me, tell me your thoughts real quick, if you have well, any.
2: Well, I got to tell you, uh, awards are very uh, subjective, and they come with opinions about people, and I would say the more important thing are the statistics, which are, which are completely uh, objective. And he has the numbers, uh, so forget the awards. Well, I'll tell you what, um, to me, it's so hypocritical. Like these
0: people in the media, they act like they've never lied or made a mistake in their lives. We're all not perfect, I'm not perfect, you guys aren't perfect to criticize somebody because they they lied whether they were vaccinated or not. It has zero to do with what they do. uh, Their performance on the football field. Ask his teammates. Uh, Ask every one of the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Packers teammates, whether they want him at quarterback. And all of them are going to tell you yes, because without Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay doesn't have one iota of a chance to win the Super Bowl. He's the one that stirs the drink for the Packers on offense. So to me, the media mob, you know, these guys need to just go ahead and look themselves in the mirror, check themselves, and go, hey, I've made a mistake to just forget about it and vote with integrity. And that's my thought on that. Guys, let's go ahead and switch over to um, uh, college football, um, the national championship game. Monday night. Uh, Georgia's lost sev- the last seven straight against Alabama, including the overtime loss in the national championship game back in uh, in 2018. We all remember second in 26, two to Devontae Smith. Uh, they've lost, you know, plus three SEC championship games. And of course, the latest one, which was on the 4th of December. Give me two keys about the game, and David go first. Then JJ, then Wayne. You
3: know, as a as a quarterback, you know I'm going to look at the quarterbacks first, and uh, I think a lot of people would be amazed. I'm a QBR guy uh, that ESPN puts out each week on every quarterback who qualifies uh, after their games, and then of course it accumulates throughout the season. And I was just looking at the QBR just a moment ago uh, for this season of the quarterbacks in all the conferences, including uh, G5. And uh, I see that Stroud is number one uh, with a 91.6 QBR. But second is Bennett from the University of Georgia. And I don't think anybody would have thought that Stetson Bennett is, is that proficient um just because georgia has such a good running game to go along with it that he is actually a couple of percentage points ahead of Bryce young uh the heisman trophy winner so you're looking at two of the top three quarterbacks here in the country uh caleb williams is number four in qbr and we all know how good he is and he just entered the transfer portal which you know i hope we get to discuss a little bit uh tonight but uh When you're looking at the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks are top-ranked quarterbacks. I mean, you know, sure, Thesson may be a walk-on, but, man, I tell you, he has really proven himself, and he's done it this year. And now he's just going to have to do it against Alabama. He hasn't proven yet that he can beat Alabama. And and like you were saying, Todd, I mean, there are so many other keys that you can look at. Um, You know, you're looking at uh, total yards, Alabama's number seven. On defense, uh, scoring Georgia's number seven on offense, uh, rushing defense. Alabama's number three on defense, uh, giving up only 81.4 yards a game. And you just go down the list. I mean, there's uh, this is as, as as evenly matched a game as we could probably find. So different from what the semifinals were. Uh, and uh, you know, Vegas, which which I take into account what their what their uh, spots are, of course, is, uh, you know, got Georgia and as a three-point favorite. And the last time they played, you'll all recall, at the SEC Championship, Georgia was a six and a half point favorite. Of course, you know, had their, had their heads handed to them. And, and Vegas comes right back and makes them a three-point favorite now, or two and a half when it came out, but the better to could be a three. So uh, it's really gonna be an interesting game. Uh, Great defenses, great offenses, great quarterbacks. Uh, We couldn't be asking for more. And uh, really looking forward to Monday night.
0: Oh, I am too. And J.J., he led right into one of your keys. I'm so glad he did it for you. Um, He
1: led right into your biggest key of the game, and it has to do with a quarterback position. Take it away, man. Yeah, mine's going to be is who can get after the quarterback. And I'll tell you what, Georgia didn't do it very well in the SEC title game, and it showed on the scoreboard. A big fat goose egg for the dogs in sack totals. They got 45 on the year, Todd. It's fourth in the country. They added four against Michigan in the Orange Bowl. They got to do much of the same. They got to throw Bryce Young off this game. And look, here's another uh. uh pinch me if you've heard me say this before, but isn't this the the new college football is getting pressure on the quarterbacks like the only way you can play defense, right? You can't cover for five, six seconds anymore. Uh, You can't get too physical within five yards anymore. They'll call the hold. So I think that's a real key is getting Bryce Young off his game. And And David, the quarterback himself, mentioned it. QBR, Stetson Bennett is technically the better guy in this situation. Can Georgia keep him upright and allow him to get the play action going? I think that's a huge, huge, huge key is which quarterback is pressured versus which quarterback is not. Or otherwise, we may see Bryce Young throw for 421 and three TDs on this Dogs team again. That is the main key. And my number two key is going to be Buck the rematch narrative. Both these teams coming in have similar situations within the last 10 or 11 years. Back in 2011, Bama faced LSU in the regular season, boop, nine to six, they lose, they turn around, they beat LSU 21 to nothing handily in the BCS national title game. Flashback four four years ago to 2017, 2018. Georgia loses to Auburn in the regular season turn around in the SEC championship and beat them. So which team is going to buck that trend of losing, winning? And uh, those are my two biggest keys right there. I I think that's very intriguing about how each team has come in in recent history has lost and won the rematch.
0: Wayne, you talked about uh, off the air with me uh, regarding this uh, heavyweight bout title fight game. And, you know, one of you, one of your thoughts was who's going to throw the first, first punch and then who is able to take it and punch back?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I can always, I always like to rate how a football game is going to go based on the first play from scrimmage. And I don't, you know, nobody knows who's going to get the ball first. Uh, But Georgia's uh, defense, I think, apart from just pressure in the quarterback, they also need to play smart defense and keep the penalties to a minimum. Because that that seems to be a trend in a lot of these bowl games this year has been uh, the penalties have really messed up a lot of teams' chances at winning when they were doing everything else correctly.
0: Turnovers, and you led right into my point, Wayne. And, and thanks for, or no, Wayne, thanks for saying that in regards to penalties, Mine's the turnovers. I mean, Stetson Bennett turned it over. He threw that critical pick six. Um, he can't turn the ball over this game, and for for and expect for Georgia to win the game. If, if, if the Stetson Bennett that comes out and plays against Michigan, plays against Alabama, then wow, we're gonna have a game that's gonna go right down to the end. To me, you guys have mentioned pretty much all the keys to the game, but let's go to the key players from my perspective as part of my keys. And for me, for Alabama, it's Brian Robinson, uh, Jr., the running back, who had yeah. 204 against Cincinnati, and also Will Robinson, the junior linebacker, who leads the nation at seventeen and a half and uh, 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 tackles for uh, – Yeah. Somebody better we'll put a hat on him on the offensive line at Georgia. And then the key players to me for the Bulldogs, I mean, without a doubt, we mentioned it Stetson Bennett. You guys have mentioned him. Uh, you know, what a The coaching and what Saban's done uh, with the seven natty six at Bama, one at LSU. Um, you know he's going back to back for the second time, and then Kirby Smart, the former All SEC safety at Georgia. What a job he's done! 65 and 15. He has an SEC title, guys. He has five bowl wins. Two of them are in the are in the playoffs in his semis and the Rose and Orange but he has one Achilles heel, and the team's playing them on Monday night. But you can throw those four losses against Alabama out the window, David. And if this is the one that really counts, the smart gets it, the whole narrative has changed, correct?
3: Well, again, you got Kirby Smart, and, and you also have the smart money. And the smart money in Vegas right now is is on Georgia. And so so when you look at it that way, and and you look at these guys who who are in the business of picking these games and setting up a line that will get even money on both sides uh, to 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 throw Kirby Smart and George out there as the uh, a field goal favorite. I mean that's that's really impressive to me, particularly after the game that Alabama played against them in the SEC championship. So so I put a lot of credence into that. But you know we were talking. Uh, before the season started, Todd, and we were looking at, I was looking at some statistics and and so forth. And, you know, who was number one last year in third down conversion percentage? You might recall it was Alabama.
2: And Alabama,
3: of course, was the national champion. And here they are again this year. I look at it again today. In Power Five, they're number one in third down conversion. And that's pretty impressive to do it year after year after year. And, and, and Nick does it with different coordinators. You know, O'Brien, he, he's brand new, steps into the system, learns the system, applies what he knows, and they're off and running again with a brand new fresh quarterback. You know, this quarterback doesn't have the numbers that Mike Jones had last year. But he's a Heisman Trophy winner, and he's a winner in every other sense of the word. So, uh, you know, I, I got to lean Alabama, even without the three points, uh, just because of the history. And something else that I saw, you know, when Alabama lost A&M, you know, back in, uh, back in 2012, when Johnny Mansell was running wild for the Ag, and they went to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. That was the only game Alabama lost, and they won the national championship then. So I said when A&M beat Alabama this year, I said, well, here comes another national championship for Alabama, and I'll be darned if they're not set up for it. We're gonna, you, you know what, JJ? You, you, you know this coaching matchup is fascinating, but the coaches
0: mm-hmm. aren't the one that's that that that, that um, that's playing the football game. It's the players and the chess match. And and and, and, and David mentioned it, Bill O'Brien, the the coordinator. But you know what? We can flip that script and go to the other side of the ball for Georgia and Lanning, the D coordinator who's going to Oregon, oh, man, would he love to go back to Oregon with a, uh, or Oregon, excuse me, I'll call it Oregon sometimes, Oregon, uh, with, with a national championship ring, and he's got a great shot with that defense.
1: Indeed, he does. Dan Lanning's got one more game as the Georgia Bulldog defensive coordinator. Then he's going to take it over to Autzen Stadium up there in Oregon, and guess what? He gets to face his former boss to start off the next year. I think coaching is a big key in this game. What? This is Saban's 10th national championship game, folks. He's 7-2 in the previous ones. I think uh, you mentioned key players in this game. I think Nolan Smith, junior linebacker for Georgia, is huge. He had seven quarterback hurries in the Orange Bowl and a sack. And he said in a Mark Schleibach, ESPN.com article, Todd, you'll love this. The best rush is the best coverage. If Georgia has the best rush and Nolan Smith is playing as good as he did against Georgia, uh, against Michigan, it's going to be tough for anybody to beat these dogs. Uh, I, I, this, this is a game where you could literally pick a card. Uh, whatever wh- You have 52 cards in a deck. If you split them down the middle Alabama and Georgia, that's probably a this how this game's gonna go. Um, which team's gonna change up their game plan from the SEC Championship and make those advantages, uh, those changes during the progression of the game. Todd, you mentioned maybe trick plays here. Maybe that that is a thing. We saw one against Michigan in the Orange Bowl, the half pack pass. I didn't think Kirby had it in him to call a play like that. Maybe Munkin overran it. But hey, that is a big key. The coaches, the coordinators, Saban just replenishes and says, hey, rinse, wash, repeat. Let's see if uh, the second time around Kirby Smart has some experience and this game gets going on Monday night with the coaching battle.
0: Wayne, um, wow. I mean, these coaches, you know about them. Um, this This is just a heavyweight bout uh you you know it's so funny everybody was complaining that we could possibly get this game and now we do and to be honest with you i think it's better we have this game i'm going to take the opposite end of it your thoughts on that because this, this is a heavyweight bout fight who's going to throw that first punch we talked about it earlier and and guess what it's so funny everybody wants to um expand the playoff and you know what, if you expand a playoff, you might get a Final Four with four SEC teams. So, Wayne, uh, your thoughts on what I just said and in terms of the uh, coaching matchup?
2: Well, to me, coaches matter much more during the regular season than in championship games. Um, because at that point, the coach really has to uh, resign the fact that he has coached these guys the entire year. And it's up to them in this particular type of game to try to control their emotions, and in that same breath, you know, limit those uh, penalties because I, I, for some reason in, it keeps ringing in my head that the, this game is going to be decided on penalties and which players can uh, play the game without being emotional and overplaying the game.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, when, when this coaching matchup, I always think about it. Against Alabama, you don't pick your poison. Houston Texans head coach. He's a candidate internally. I've mentioned this till the Cows come home uh, to JJ off the air. I've always thought Mike Hart would be the next head coach at Michigan, the former running back, the guy that said little brother, big brother to Michigan State. He called Michigan State big brother when they beat him in 06. And that was the last time he faced him. That was Lloyd Carr's last year. So, JJ. Your thoughts, I mean, excuse me, David. Your thoughts on Harbaugh leaving the NFL? Gut feeling, does he leave?
3: You know, it may be time for him to get uh, to, to to move back in the NFL. I mean, he's probably done as much as he can at Michigan, and uh, you know, there may be some folks at Michigan who are, who may be ready for a change at this point. And uh should he leave, I mean that's that just continues to carousel. Now O'Brien may may have a shot at getting a Michigan job. I don't know. You know, I've heard Chip Kelly out of UCLA. And um then of course if Chip Kelly goes uh, to Michigan, then you're talking about UCLA opening up and then all the Lane Kiffin rumors begin again. So, you know, it's uh it's a pretty big uh uh domino effect if uh if Harbaugh does decide, you know, to go with the Bears. Now, I don't think anybody from Michigan could blank. I mean, you know, you're going back where you once played and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you'll are you be welcomed, uh, you know, and, uh, with, with open arms. And, and uh, he's certainly proven that he could coach as his brother did and as their dad uh, did. So uh, I think it may be a good move for, for him at this particular time and also a good move for uh, – michigan uh because there comes a time in most coaches careers where it's just time to move on you know it's the same thing i think that happened with uh uh notre dame's coach kelly when he decided to come down to lsu you know there's just a time uh you know when when it's time to make a move and uh this may be a similar situation now for harbaugh
0: could be jj you know what jim harbaugh's done everything in Michigan but win a playoff game now uh, with this year, had an excellent year as you know. They won the Big Ten, they beat Ohio State, they still lost to Michigan State. They won the Big Ten title beating Iowa, they get to the Final Four, they get boat raced by Georgia. Um, gut feeling, does he stay or go?
1: I, I think he's a Michigan man for the rest of his life, I do. We've had John Hugh Bacon on this podcast. It's been about two or three years ago, and these rumors started back then. Oh, is he going to go back to the NFL? He hasn't left. Last year, same thing. Oh, the Michigan fans are stirring. They had a bad season. Maybe he'll leave for an NFL job. Nope. He stayed. Got him to the Orange Bowl, college football playoffs. First time an unranked team is gone from just that, unranked to the college football playoffs. No, I think he stays. I think he's a great college football coach. I think he's a great NFL coach. But I think he loves his alma mater, and I think he's got a job to do there. And uh, what is eye-opening is Ajabo and Hutchinson both declared for the draft. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But I, I my gut feeling reflects John U. Bacons. I think he stays. The rumors are just that.
0: Wayne, it's not about money in Michigan. We all know they're gonna spend it. There's just absolutely no question about that. They have the money. Uh, it, about Jim Harbaugh, it's not about the money. It's about the opportunity. Has he taken Michigan as far as he can take them? And is the time right in the, for, for him to leave to go to the NFL, in your opinion?
2: Well, of the two teams that you mentioned, um... Uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders organization would not be one I would want to be a part of right now. And Chicago is not necessarily the place I would want to be at. And so just based on that alone, I don't think he's going to go anywhere.
0: Wow. See, I went to Michigan. I think he's leaving. This is just a gut feeling. We we don't know squat, okay, in terms of whether he's going or not. I think the time is right. They cut his pay a year ago. He Well, he made up some of it in terms of bonuses and handed it out to the staff and, 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 and et cetera for those in the football office uh, for his bonus money. I just think the time's right. I think after seeing the Georgia game and seeing Alabama, he, he's seen Alabama up close too, they've lost to them. I just think that, you know what? I cannot, I, I'm still a long way away in the trenches in terms of talent on the O line and D line, even though I have a good one, to be able to beat these teams, and I think he's looking for a new challenge. And the you know he went to the Super Bowl, took him to the 49ers uh, with Colin Kaepernick as his quarterback of all quarterbacks, and he came all so close against the Ravens. And I think he, I think he thinks he has a better shot to win a Super Bowl.
3: back whenever I played, which was eons ago, I mean, we, we, you know, we had 11 or 12 bowl games and four of those bowl games were played on January 1st. And all the other ones were played at some point before then you may have one or so after we had a, a Sunday, uh, Sun Bowl game uh, that we played in that was on a January 2nd. And it was the uh, only game that was on that day because the Super Bowl was following week with uh, uh, the Oakland Raiders, John Madden and uh, Kenny Saber, those guys. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I come from an era when you had 11 or 12 bowl games and I don't even know how many games there are these days. What, 50, 45? I don't four, know. There's
0: 44, there's 44.
3: Four four. So so that's plenty. But you know, what, I, what I'm looking at is the time taken away from the kids. I remember one kid from NC State when UCLA pulled out of the game, what, 30 minutes before the game was supposed to start? And they said, you know, we've worked for a month for this game. I gave up my Christmas holidays for this game. And now we're not even playing. And if I could change anything at all, and we're going to have 44 bowl games, I put every game, I, I play every game within two weeks of the championship conference championship game. I play every bowl game within two weeks. Let those kids go home. They still have a week before Christmas starts. You could keep your January one ball uh, football games if you'd like. You can keep the playoffs where they are, but let's get those bowl games out of the way. You got you got too many, and I think they just uh, uh, you know you'd you'd have better participation if you went ahead and played them. Boom boom, right after the season. Was over.
0: Jj players opting out of bowl games. Games getting canceled because of COVID. Uh, you know, Matt Corral played for Old Miss. He was criticized. Players that didn't play, like Hutchinson, they were, they, I mean, Hutchinson's the one that played, excuse me, at Michigan, but they had players at Ohio State that didn't play the two-star wide receivers. Excuse me. They were criticized. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit got criticized.
1: Well, I, I think my thoughts are this: I think every player should should play every game that they suit up for. Um, but that's just my opinion. Teach his own. Um, really, is what it comes down to. If you feel like you want to play, play, play out that uh, uh, commitment to your team, um, and and do do what's best for you. I think that is unfortunately the way of the game. I kind of like what David said about playing the bowl games earlier. My flip side would be to get these name image likeness companies to put educational and gameplay incentives into that NIL deal. That way you can say, hey, if you graduate and you play every single game of your college career, we'll get you this much more of a bonus once you get on out of here, getting yourself either ready for your life or life in the NFL. I think that's what name image likeness companies need to do because I, for one, feel you should fulfill that commitment to your team and play the game. I love that Matt Corral did what he did. I don't think, hey, you can get injured on any play. You can get injured walking to class and stubbing your toe and breaking your ankle on a curb. So anything can happen. Go ahead and play your games. I think the key, get these name-image likeness companies to put incentives in these name-image likeness contracts that make these guys want to play and give them a little bit of uh Uh, money for the pot and maybe give some of the TV money back to these kids. That'll get you in the game. That'll keep everybody playing.
0: Wayne, look, these guys opting in or opting out, it all has to do with a personal decision. It's a financial decision. Um, Your thoughts on players opting in and out and, and we'll, I mean, what is – J.J. gave a solution. I, I don't think the NIL money is enough money because these players that
1: get drafted in the first round are going to get way more than NIL money. Hey, hey, hold on. Hold on now, Todd. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but there's rumors that Travis Hunter got $1.5 million down at Jackson State. He's I don't know
0: what – kind of money the rest of his career, though. I'm thinking, you know, yeah, first round – That's first season? season. That's
1: pretty good career? money. If uh-huh. that's pretty, if, if that's per season, that's better than the first three rounds of the draft. Uh, I mean, excuse the last three rounds of the draft. So
0: if well, you're I'm making the players that get drafted in the season, first round, I mean, the guys that are staying in that's the game, six, seven, are opting out I mean, the, for the, first-round players. That's that's what
1: I was saying. Sure and uh, Wayne, go players, ahead. But I'm just saying. I mean, look, there, there's there's players that have opted out and didn't get drafted. Look at Terry Godwin from from Georgia. He opted out of his last game. Not even in the NFL.
0: There you go. How about that? I mean, look, I get your point, but in terms of the money that they can make long-term, Wayne, your thoughts real quick.
2: Well, I, it's a team sport, and I think you ought to play the games with your team.
0: Well, that's, you know, what? Like that's quick. I mean, look, I get it. It, it. Here's the deal. The money, the players still love the game. I don't think that's ever changed, but the money is so big now. ones that quote-unquote supposedly matter even though I don't think that's true
3: Well, I tell you what, I mean, it's uh, the. I know New Orleans is favored by four points, but I mean, you know, uh, the Saints have had such such problems this year at the quarterback position. I mean, that, you know, they brought in Ian Book from uh, Notre Dame, who was uh, just a rookie out of nowhere, out of Notre Dame, uh, but hadn't played and uh, had played the snap all season long, and he really looked like it. So, uh, for New Orleans to even be favored in this game, I think is a little um, high-strung. I, I, don't, I don't know if New Orleans can get by Atlanta in Atlanta, uh, regardless of what the situation is. There are a lot of teams that are in must-win games this weekend that are not going to win. And uh, as much as I love the Saints, I mean, uh, you know, we, we just don't have uh, that quarterback, that Drew Brees guy uh, on campus. And uh, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of folks hoping that uh, Matt Corral is the next quarterback in New Orleans. Um, But (laughs) Atlanta has – Atlanta's got a tremendous opportunity to uh, keep the Saints at home this weekend is what I'm thinking. Even though, you know, I got my New Orleans Saints hat and I got my New Orleans Saints jersey that that, uh, Evie brought from New Orleans for me this last weekend. And uh, so I'll have both of those on when that game starts. I guarantee
0: you that. You hear that J.J. and Wayne? He's going to have New Orleans stuff on. I bet it's making your skin crawl. J.J., give me one uh, key no, on the Falcons Saints on Sunday.
1: Nah, no, not, not at all. Uh, you know, the, the Falcons have been eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, seven wins is right about where I predicted this team. I said the ceiling was nine. If they win this at the back end of the season, uh, that will be two wins against the Saints in a year. Um, and I think the key is exactly what David said. It, it is what... The New Orleans Saints are going to roll out at quarterback. Is Tayson Hill healthy enough to throw the deep ball, stay in the pocket, take these hits, and play the play football the way he does, which is run in between the tackles on design quarterback runs, the read option? Can Atlanta stop that? Can Atlanta turn him over? I got a little preview for the pick six in there for a stat, so I'll save that for the pick six. But I they think do. that's the key: is what quarterback shows up for New Orleans, is it the good taste on Hill, or is it the bad? And that's the key to the game.
0: Wayne, real quick, you have
2: one? Uh, No, not really. You know, I'm a Falcons fan and I'm just gonna pick the Falcons for fan <laughs> Finally.
0: <laughs> He's giving it away early. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Falcons. I'm sorry, JJ, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just covering my eyes and Wayne says, Falcons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, me, look, y- you know what? Somebody put on online today from 2012 to 21, Falcons sacks allowed uh, 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 and Falcons getting the sacks. Guess what? They've been weak for years getting to the quarterback. This year they're last, 2020 their 23rd. In 2019, they're 29th. In 2018, they're 25th, and so on and so forth. 2015, 32nd. 2014, 30th. Go ahead and read the rest of them because we don't have time to go through it. Allowed. Sacks allowed. Not too bad this year.
3: I'll let y'all go with it, guys. Thank you so much for having me tonight. I sure appreciate it and really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.
0: David, thank you for coming on. That's David Walker of the Rebel Walk. You can reach him at DavidWalkerQB or at the Rebel Walk. And, David, thanks for coming on. sorry we probably kept you a little longer than normal, but we thought we'd give you a surprise and participate in the pro section of the uh, show today.
3: Enjoyed the whole show. Thank you, guys.
0: Y'all have a good Thank evening, you. Thank you. All right, JJ, yeah. go ahead and
3: take it away. That brings us to our pick
1: six, the first of the year. Y'all had a clunker ten the year, two and four all the way down the board. Wayne, TC, and myself. So to last week's, but let's go. I'm forty three, fifty one, and two. TC, you're in last place at forty fifty four and two, and Wayne, you are in second at forty one fifty three and two two games behind myself. Let's go ahead and get into it. We are picking the national championship, our last college football game of the season. It's been a dandy. Number three, Georgia, 13-1. and one. Number one, Alabama, 13-1. and UGA's three-point favorites. The over-under is 52 and a hook. Wayne, me, TC. Let's do it. <sighs> All
0: right. Go ahead, JJ. You're first. Right. You're what you do. I saw a chance to catch you.
1: All right. All right. I'll go first. Here it is. Georgia makes the necessary adjustments. They get the job done. They break the title drought first one in 41 years. Stetson Bennett said something key to me that said he's going to get the last game behind him. He says, "I'm not doing this for millions of people. I got a job to do for myself." Basically is what he said. I love it. Dogs make the adjustments. Dogs win the national championship. Dogs cover.
0: Wayne?
2: Well, uh, I'm gonna have to pull a little bit of strategy here and <laughs> I'm gonna have to pick I'm gonna have to pick Alabama. I'm sorry.
0: Ah. <laughs> ah, and you know what, Wayne? I've got Alabama too. I'm picked against Alabama the first time. I got And I would never pick against him as long as Nick Saban's a coach again. So I'm picking Alabama. Go ahead. Uh, uh, what's that Let's
1: get into our NFL. We'll speed this up. Steelers are 8-7-1. and one. Could possibly be Ben Roethlisberger's last game at the Ravens, who are 8-8. Eight eight. Baltimore's a three-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under in this game's 41-and-a-hook. Look, will this be Big Ben's last game? Probably. Unless the Steelers win, the Colts lose, and the Raiders or Chargers lose, which will probably happen. But if the Raider, Raiders and Chargers somehow tie, they would get one of the bids, and I believe it would be the Raiders versus uh, conference record. So I, I think Big Ben goes out on top. I'm picking the Steelers. Big Ben goes out strong. I can't pick against Ben in his last game.
2: what? Wow. Yeah. Well, well, I'm taking the Raiders. Uh, not Raiders. I'm sorry, Ravens. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what? I'm with the Ravens. That's a um. What's the what's the spread on that, JJ? I forgot.
1: Uh, it's a uh, three and a half point favorites are Baltimore and the over/under, and on that one's forty-one and a half.
0: The Ravens will win that game by three and a half. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens next.
1: Next is the Falcons 7-9 at the Saints, 8-8. Eight eight. New Orleans, Louisiana is favored. Four and a half points. The over-under in this one is 40. But Saints need a win and the 49ers lost to get into the postseason. I don't think it happens. Falcons force a turnover on Tayson Hill. They have done it. Folks, don't look now. But the Falcons have the longest turnover streak in the NFL. They've done it in 11 straight games. I think they finish the season strong. I think they get that eighth win. And I am an underdog in this game, so Falcons in the points, nice and easy.
0: Wayne, yeah. we know who you're picking.
2: Well, yeah, strategy doesn't matter in this game. I'm picking the Falcons in the points.
0: <laughs> I'm picking the Falcons too. Arthur Smith said they're going in. They're they're, they're going to win at home. And the goal is to win. I'll take Atlanta too.
1: Yeah, make it two in a row at home. Patriots ten and six. Dolphins eight and eight. New England's a seven point favorite. Over under in this one's forty. Look, it's Matt Jones versus Tua Tagovailoa. The last two, this is crazy. You know, Tua beat out Mac. Then Mac beat Tua's stats, and now Bryce Young's beating all their stats. This is a crazy uh, quarterback carousel at Alabama. I think that's a big key in this game. But, look, Bill Belichick and the Pats still have a shot at the AFC East. They play hard. They cover. I think they win by two touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I'm taking the, I'm taking the Patriots to cover as well.
0: You know what? New England's had problems over the years in Miami. Man, but New England has a shot to win the division title and Buffalo loses. Man, 7 points though and the fish have been eliminated. I things have happened to Miami and the heat, uh to the Patriots in the heat, but I think they win by eight, so I'll take New England.
1: 49ers 9 and 7 at the Rams 12 and 4. Los Angeles is a 4 point favorite in this one. The over under is 44 and a hook. 49ers win in their end. Stafford and the Rams need to win to lock up the NFC West. Those are the game notes. Look, I think Stafford outplays a, a beat-up Jimmy Garoppolo in that thumb. Stafford has uh, had the turnover bug the last two games, six in the last two games, to be honest. But somehow the Rams have won five in a row. I think they stay hot. I think Matt, Matthew Stafford, the Bulldog, corrects his turnover issues. Rams cover.
2: Yeah, I'm taking the Rams to cover as well, because uh, even if he turns it over, I think they're going to win.
0: The Rams by six. It's really close. The 49ers, they're playing for an awful lot. Um, You know, The Rams are obviously playing for position. Stafford's going to correct his turnovers just in time, but I'll tell you what, this is a difficult defense to correct your turnovers against, but I'll say the Rams, and I think it's by five.
1: Chargers nine and seven, Raiders nine and seven. A win and in game to end the NFL football season on Sunday Night Football. The Chargers, LA, again a two and a half point favorites. Uh, well, just LA is the favorite and again. Uh, minus two and a half over under and this one's forty nine. These are Monday spreads, folks who so do remember that. Uh, Again, a win and end game for me, I like Carr and the Raiders, Raiders, winners of three straight, despite all that has happened during the season uh, with a couple DUIs, one DUI manslaughter, uh, the coaching issue, uh, all the issues, somehow, someway, if they win this game, they're in. I think they get rid, they get over the distractions. The defensive back who was arrested for DUI earlier in the week will play. And I think the Raiders and the points are the safe bet. That's what I'm taking.
2: Well, I'm taking the uh, strategy on this one too. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers to uh, cover. Go
0: Chargers, go!
2: Charges,
0: go. <laughs> uh, you know what? Too much drama for your mama. Um, I, 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 I'm just I'm going with the Chargers too. And uh, Jim Harbaugh will be the next coach of the Raiders. There you have it.
1: That concludes our pick six. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. Uh, Todd, Wayne, it's been a great show. Guys, uh, I hope this MLB lockout lockout gets situated and the Braves re-sign Freddie. That's my final thought. you want Get If you like, like this video, please give us a like. Please give us a subscribe. For TC, for Wayne, I'm JJ. See you guys later.